Hello, everyone, and welcome down to episode number 14 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, and my good mate, Cameron Blake, down there in Hobart Town. Good evening, Cameron. Good evening, Brendan. How are you this evening? That would be evening our time. I don't know yes. when our listeners and viewers are watching and listening to this, but uh, mm. yeah, very well, thank you. That'd have been an interesting stat, wouldn't it, when people listen to our... We could probably pull that stat out, can't we, on YouTube? I don't know. I don't know. When Someone with any level of intelligence <clears throat> would probably mm. be able to do that. So that it yeah. precludes me and probably, well, I don't and know, you both, might be able to do it. We'll have a look. But I'm, I'm going well. Um, had a couple of nice days down here. We had a bit of snow over the weekend, which is cool, and like literally. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're going well at the moment. So you must be a happy little camper based on some sporting events that may have happened. Um, yes, yes, it's a it's a it's a new era in my life, and that is um, getting to see the D's be abs- short price favourites to win yes. the premiership, which is yeah. bloody ridiculous. Um, it's, it's and I don't believe it for a second. Well, wow, they're going to get smashed by at least twenty goals. I said yes. so. Yep. Unfortunately, good. this isn't your year. Yep. Um, but it's it's a good feeling anyway. No, it's good. It's it's great. It's good. Uh, Good vibe. Uh, all the family are, are Melbourne supporters as well. So uh, my daughter, who's um, just turned, she's mad. She's mad D's. Mad D's just turned fifteen. Um, she was she was convinced early days that it was all her fault. Yeah. That we, right. um, because the year we, she was born was the year we stopped making finals. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> so she's but taken responsibility. She has. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. I can't believe we've got to wait two weeks and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nah, but jumping out of our skins. Um, we've uh, hit another little milestone, over 180 mm. subscribers now on our YouTube channel, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks to everyone who mm. has um, liked, subscribed, shared, um, left, left a comment, spoken to us, watched the live shows. It's been really watched cool. The those. Uh, spoke around the water cooler about it at work, even though no one's really at work anymore because everyone's in lockdown still, but, you know. A water cooler's a thing. They are. They actually are. Hmm. Where I used to work, they had water coolers that had unfiltered water, tap temperature water, and cold freezing water. So you had a choice of three. Mm-hmm. And that, that certainly took up your 15-minute break. Was that my hours. taxpayer's money at work? It would have been, yeah. <laughs> I wonder where it went. <laughs> had to bring yeah. my own glass, though. But yeah, 183 subscribers is awesome. Um, I'm hoping we can try and crank it up to 200. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so if you are listening and you haven't told your mates or friends or family or your camera club or your local whatever, uh, make sure you share it around either on podcasting or on the YouTube. Yes. Uh, get it out there. Let's get um, up to 200. Speaking of, I've been uh, approached by two different camera clubs to um, talk to them Spon- over the oh, coming day, uh, coming weeks, um, and you're going to ask me who. Not, not to sponsor us, I mean. Uh, not to sponsor us. You're probably uh, going to ask uh, me who, but I can't remember who they are, so don't ask me right now. I'll tell you later on. I won't ask you who they are, but, Thank uh, you. That, but that's good. Yeah, and uh, a third one has approached me for judging their, their monthly competition, which is pretty cool. I don't mind doing that sort of stuff, So yeah, and cool. uh, particularly in COVID times because uh, it means I don't have to leave my house to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's, that's what I've done a couple of talks recently, and again, you just get on the same thing we're doing here with the Zoom and get on there and have a chat to people. It's it's the next best thing to being there in person, so yeah, that's cool. That'll be, that'll be good fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, so what have we been up to this week? It's been another... 
a tough week for people in Victoria, Melbourne in particular, still under lockdown mm. conditions, and people in Sydney, of course, still under lockdown conditions. Yeah. Uh, Canberra, ACT has been extended for another month uh, yep. for lockdown, which is yeah. just goes on and on and on. But um, as we does, as we hope, um, light at the end of the tunnel with vaccination rates starting to get somewhere near where they need to be. So um, yeah. we're gonna. It sort of it sort of feels like. I guess for us it's not a big difference down here, but sort of feels like it's getting towards the pointy end of all this where where they're going to make a decision to, you know, once everyone's vaccinated, 70%, 80%, all right, back back to as normal as we can and go from there. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's... Across, Im- that's quick. I think it's important for humans to have uh, some kind of goal or a target, and I'm glad mm. that they've... Um, initial, rather than setting a date and saying we're coming out at this date, they've actually yeah. set a vaccination target, which is way smarter. That's why yeah. they run the country and I don't. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, as I say, it's good to have a, have a target that we're aiming for. Um, yeah. It's hit pretty close to home this week. Um, there's okay. been um, a COVID outbreak in Ocean Grove, where we live. Right. Um, we, had, oh, yeah. we had a lovely person... Uh, decide to come out of Melbourne to go to the Coles supermarket in Ocean Grove. Um, one of the managers decided to pop down and visit everyone in Coles in Ocean Grove. And, ah, and so um, we're, we're in that sort of grey area at the moment where everyone's being yeah. tested. Um, yeah, right. yeah. A staff member of mine was um, is a, also works part-time at Coles. So right. okay. we've had to close the shop until he gets a negative result, which yeah, at this okay. point on a Wednesday night we still haven't received. So, yeah, um, okay. But there has been more testing done on the Ballerine Peninsula than ever before. So understandably there's a bit of a backlog in getting those tests through. So, yeah. But I tell you, it, um, if it wasn't already real enough, it just takes it to that next level again. Yeah. So your, your week's been quite eventful then. It has. It has. It's been full on. We, we came out of lockdown. We were able to operate for a couple of days, and now I've had to close the shop here in Ocean Grove. Um, fortunately enough, the shop in Torquay is at the moment um, not involved with an exposure site, so we're able yep. to... So I was actually... Um, spent my time over there the last couple of days. Uh, I've had no contact at all with my staff member who has potentially yep. had exposure, so mm-hmm. um, luckily... We've managed to sort of dodge a little bullet there. But uh, anyway, yeah. we'll see what happens over the next few days once we get mm. the results start to come back in. Fingers, and fingers crossed for your staff member and you, and hopefully yeah. everything's down mate. there just clears up. And Yeah, yeah thanks, crazy. Mate. And crazy, uh, crazy. the city of Ballarat has gone back into lockdown again today as well. So anyway, it's all happening. There's enough about that. We'll... We, we know. <laughs> now, we've now be, we've now become the COVID photo show. <laughs> um, but get fortunately, your, get your latest updates from <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, fortunately, on Sunday, uh, before all that crap went down, um, I was able to venture out into uh, a couple of areas I hadn't been before and managed to take some photos, which was fantastic. Um, I went into an area near Balan in um, sort mm. of between Bacchus Marsh and Ballarat. Yeah, okay. uh, yep. in sort of central Victoria there and it blew me away I didn't actually realise the number of wind farms they have there now yeah um, okay it's yep. like it's been forever since I've been in that area yeah. and they've got those really big ones <laughs> the big three bladed ones which are they're actually quite imposing intimidating have, to look at have you have you ever seen them transport them to where they build them we, we have them down here on the the west coast and the northeast coast of Tassie and a few other places and 
I've come across them on the highway a few times coming down, and they are just huge. Yeah, like you literally you literally are off the freeway. Yeah, why these four or five semi trailers come down with the big blades, and um, you know you got a semi trailer at the front, and then it's got another secondary trailer two hundred meters back down the road. It's Amazing. incredible to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're cool. I would actually like to see one being assembled. It'd be pretty cool. Um, mm. And uh, where I went to, uh, beautiful. Like they've had so much rain, so that all the fields are green. And of course, yeah. there was canola fields as well. Um, so the colours were stunning. Uh, we had one of those beautiful blue sky days with the little fluffy white clouds. So yeah, okay. um, managed so to. Cle- so clearly, you've got images to share with us, then. Um, I, I haven't even got them. Ed- I haven't even got. <laughs> close to editing them yet because of everything else that's been going on but um, I will hopefully be able to pluck out a couple of images to show you now if they're mm. any good they'll appear on the screen if right. right now all you're seeing is a black little square that means the photos were terrible so yeah right <laughs> space um, holder so I did a couple of uh, shoots with my SLR gear but also the drone um, right because yeah, cool. I just thought it'd be cool to buzz a couple of those big um, wind, yeah. wind what do you call them windmills wind Wind, wind turbines wind with um, wind with turbines, the drone, yeah. yep. so uh, yeah, that was it was a hell of a lot of fun. Nice. So yeah, I was able to finally get behind the camera again, which sort of gets yeah. the juices going. So looking forward yeah, to doing some it. more. Blow the dust out a bit. Yep. And you went out in the snow. Yeah, I had a Olympus day, so one of the days that we do with all the Olympus gear, and then I had a secondary day on the Sunday, just with more just a sort of hands-on basic sort of workshop type of thing we had some snow at cradle mountain so fantastic uh, the set the sat day was a bit wet but uh perfect for the olympus gear because it's all weatherproof and then the sunday it came down quite a lot in snow so we had a group on sunday that just got caked in snow all day long and waterfalls wombats beautiful forests uh cradle mountain popped out we had these sort of passing sun uh, sun showers and sort of snow showers passing in between clear skies so we got some really nice shots so so when uh, you again when you say you have uh, have an Olympus day, is that for people yeah. to try lenses or bodies or both? Yeah, or? so Olympus Australia have been very kind to give me uh, a whole bag of gear. So I've got <clears throat> pretty much all the pro lenses and any lens you want to think of. Uh, and they've also allowed me to borrow uh, like an EM5, EM10, EM1, Mark III, uh, the EM1X, um, so I've got a real kit. So it's enough. It's enough gear to probably allow six people to play around with a camera all day. And really, it's 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 really honestly not a sales plug. It's if you if you want to come along for a day out and you want to try another brand out, or if you've already got Olympus and you want to try a few different lenses, or want to maybe the up, upgrade your body or something like that. It's just a perfect way to get your hands on it and play around with it for a few hours and see what you think. Uh, it's like I said, absolutely no obligation for people to buy anything. Um, but yeah, we, we have a, a good time and, um, yeah, it's, uh, we, we seem to always get conditions. Um, I had a gentleman who's been on another one, asked me if I was the snow whisperer. Cause every time we do an Olympus day, we seem to get snow where we go. So, uh, so yeah, it was a really good day. We had a great time and, uh, it was good to spend a bit of time at Cradle Mountain again. And it's just the kind of place that I just keep going back to and just keep falling in love with. It's just so nice. And, um, we had yeah hundreds of wombats walking around us and yeah the snow showers are great so it was really cool. nice that's very very cool mm. um so not to, not to not to rub it into people who can't get out at the moment but yeah that's right uh, well, yeah yeah um and to that end um i can't help but notice how fabulous you look tonight cameron Mm, thank you. So um, for, apparently, for you, you, if you, if you're on <laughs> on YouTube at the moment and you think Cameron looks fabulous, um, mm. there's a reason behind that, isn't there? 
There is. I've gone from using my little Mac computer uh, webcam thing, but now I've actually hooked up an Olympus EM1 Mark III as my webcam, and I'm getting recorded in 4, 4K, um, which is scary because mm. you're probably you're probably seeing a lot more of me than usual. And I've actually got myself some proper lighting, so we're sort of feeling like we're doing well, a proper show here. The lighting definitely comes off really well. Um, we, of course, everything's still got to get crammed down through Zoom, so man. That's true. But uh, no, you look lovely. Thanks, mate. Yes, um, well I would I would say the same to you. <laughs> but that's impossible. Um, <laughs> so we're going. We've got a couple of really cool uh, topics to talk about tonight. Our first topic is going to be what our favourite um, seasons are to shoot in. Mm. Um, I think it's fairly obvious where we're going to go with that. Um, yep. And then we're also going to talk about our favourite YouTubers, um, photography-based YouTubers, I guess, um, yep. with a little bit of uh, mayo put on top of that as well. So. Um, yep. And then a little bit later on, we're going to talk a little bit more about my search for a new camera, which will be a very, very brief segment. <laughs> We've also got a deer cam segment coming up as well, so stay tuned for that. Look at um, so I think we want to start off with, um, I'm going to kick, kick it off with you, Cam. What yeah, cool. is your favorite or what you consider the best season to shoot in? Um, for, for me, it's a pretty easy one. It's Well, it's a, it is an easy one, but it sort of crosses over into another sort of season, but um, to me, hands down, for landscape photography, it's, it's got to be the season of autumn. Um, you get those amazing colours. Uh, you get some interest. Down here in Tassie, we get some really cool weather. You might get a bit of a snow dump on the mountains. Uh, we seem to get really nice sort of warm sunsets and sunrises. So obviously the sun's starting to make its way away from the earth in its rotation. So you start getting different sort of sunsets, different sort of colour temperatures in the sky. But uh, for me, autumn's always been a great period of time, uh, even from when I was a young bloke sort of visiting bright in northeast victoria that's an absolute mecca for autumn colors uh, and then down here in tassie we've got uh, obviously the autumn colors down here but we also have a really unique plant called the fagus tree um, which is australia's only winter deciduous tree uh, but it's a really cool this little it's a shrubbery or a tree it can be sort of grow to different sizes but um, it, it's got these little tiny uh, leaves and they look like little crimple cut chips but they go orange red yellow green they, they have all these amazing colors and the whole landscape in, in the alpine regions down here changes so um yeah but for me autumn's get, get, autumn moving into winter is a really great period of time so down here anzac day or into the first week of may is a really good time to visit tassie if you like your autumn colors but um yeah it's a beautiful season beautiful colors the weather's a bit more variable uh such a nice season i named my daughter after autumn you sure did uh, I sure did, yeah. So we, we think it's a beautiful time of year. Yeah. Um, mm. does, she, does she turn orange? <laughs> no, she doesn't. Uh, right. n- nor the yellow, nor red. <laughs> um, and I'm glad, uh, no, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, for years, like, you know, autumn always seems to be, you know, the most attractive and the you know, time to take photos. You get the colours and all that. I totally understand that. But for ages, I always got it wrong. Like, I would always kind of go to the high country too early or go too late and never quite mm. but you're exactly right anzac day is yep. is the day when i think it's at its well probably at its best yep. um which 
when you think about it, that's relatively late in autumn. So it's starting. Mm-hmm. It's the end of April. We're starting to roll into May. Yeah. Um, and but but generally speaking, whenever I've been to Bright in particular and all the high country areas, that's when it looks amazing. I mean, it's a little bit ironic that uh, as Australian-based landscape photographers, we chase the autumn colours, yep. m- most of which are introduced species. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we've, we've we've only got there's only two, if not three, deciduous Australian plants. I think there's only two actually. Uh, one of them is the Fagus tree. Um, which is a nanophagus something or whatever the uh, can't think of the last bit, but uh, that's the Tasmanian version. Uh, and like I said, it's a, it's like this creepy crawly thing. It crawls over the rocks and it, and it could also grow up to you know twenty meters high. And the other deciduous trees in north uh, northern Queensland in tropical Queensland. Right. Um, so there's nothing in between. So all the poplars and all the other colours that we see, uh, they're all introduced as you say. But um, yeah, I, like my grandparents lived in Bright for many many years, and my grandmother. Was a, you know, she was the eyes on the ground, you know, Cam, you've got to come up here, the colours are changing now, and I'll be like, right, next weekend I'm up there with a yeah. bag full of film and away yeah. we go. Yeah, and, that, and that's um, the good thing about um, the high country particular or, or around the bright area is it's not like the colours happen and then the next day they're gone. You, no. you get a run of about three weeks or so where they're at their yeah. absolute peak, but as, as we say, it normally is around, around uh, Anzac Day time. Yeah, well, I do, uh, I do an autumn festival, uh, an autumn workshop, um, up in Bright, and it coincides with the the Autumn Festival, which is around about the first week of May. And this year, we I had a bit of a panic attack because we went up there, and I, I saw some photos in the lead up to it, and the colour was incredible, sort of around Anzac Day or a week before. And I'm like, God, this whole workshop, I've got people going. I hope the colour's still there. And we got up there, and it was the best colour I'd seen in decades. Right. Um, the the reds were just everything was just every colour was on fire. Everything was just so saturated, and um, and I think. Something else that works really well up in Bright as well is that they get a fair bit of dust and stuff when they do burn-offs around that time of year. Uh, but when you get the rain coming through, it washes all the leaves off and all the leaves get that colour back. So um, so I'm really actually torn in, in the season of autumn because Tassie's amazing for it, uh, for the Fagus tree and, and the other colours that we have down here. But then northeast Victoria or even is it Dalesford out that way, he's got some mm-hmm. beautiful colours in, in Victoria. So, uh, And I'm sure there's other places around Tassie where there's incredible colours that time of year but it's a tricky one you go do I stay or do I go back to the big island but yeah well I think um, what this means is uh, you know in six months time when these rolling actually into autumn we might have to revisit this podcast and yep. talk a bit more about our favourite spots where we go in autumn um, yep. because speaking of Dalesford Dalesford's magic it's absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. it's a lot closer for me to get to there as well um, yep. there's a spot there called Jubilee Lake um, yeah. Which is absolutely amazing. It's just surrounded by all the all the uh, yeah. introduced species, uh, mostly English, I would imagine. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, all, all through there, and uh, you get the you get the yellows in particular in around Lake uh, Jubilee Lake. Um, yeah, absolutely stunning. So when you um, uh, are lucky enough to get into these areas where you've got the autumn colours happening. Yep. Is there a particular sort of um, way you like to shoot? Is is it more your like you know? For example, do do you like to get the drone out, or do you do you look at um, you know using the autumn colours as a background, or are they the actual main focus of the shot? Yeah, um, I think when I, when I'm looking again down here in Tassie, again it's it's almost a two worlds. Like Tassie down here, this Fagus tree, which anyone that's listening, um, if you just type in Fagus F A G U S. 
uh, Fagus Tree Tasmania. You'll see what I'm talking about. And it's just this incredible, creepy, crawly sort of tree that just is just really gnarly. I'm betting um, you've got a shot of one, and I'm betting I'll put it up on the screen. Right, yeah, there Beautiful. it is. So that's Perfect. a fa- that's a fa- that's a Fagus Tree for the people watching, uh, for the people podcasting. They can just Google that. But um, so the Fagus Tree. It, it has a lot of detail on the leaves and, and the, 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 the trunks of these trees, just look, they just look ancient. So to me, when I'm shooting in Tasmania in autumn time, uh, that Fagus tree, I'm, I'm using that as almost my sort of foreground interest of my shots because it's a creepy crawly type of thing. It crawls over the rocks and crawls into your background or you know might, might crawl up a rock face and stuff like that. So in Tassie, it's more about uh, attention to detail. So it's more filling the frame up with these these gnarly trees. Whereas when I'm shooting in, in Victoria, uh, it is more about the color in the landscape. So uh, especially when we go to Bright, we generally go up a bit higher in the foothills and you shoot down into town and you know have all those beautiful avenues of roads with all the trees. So it becomes more, I guess, a bit, I guess you could say it becomes more of an urban sort of scene where you, those trees are all incorporated in the little towns. So it's a, it's a bit of both, a uh, bit of attention to detail uh, and getting that real beautiful detail on the Fagus tree, but then with the poplars and all those kind of stuff, it's it's more about how it incorporates into the landscape, whether or not it's a beautiful river lined with trees or, uh, like I said, a lake. There's a really good lake at Mount Beauty um, that if you get a really still day and Mount Bogon and Feathertop have got snow on them, you can get the beautiful reflections of the mountains in the water, but the whole, the whole lake's littered with poplars and colour. So um, they become more of a wider, you know, wider scope of an image in that sense but and definitely I still again talking about polarizing filters on the weekend still keep your polarizing filter on because every single one of those leaves is reflecting some sort of skylight and that's where you lose a lot of that pure intense saturated color um, so make sure you keep your polarizers on for it as well because it, you'll get so much more richer colors out of those shots yeah yeah that's 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 very good advice um, I think particularly I think bright in particular sort of for me wins for the best spot to go in order and, and it's because yeah. of the, the diversity so as yeah. you say you can get yourself high pretty quickly um <laughs> in a in a physical in a physical sense um you know and and also uh what is it is it's the avenue or something what's that called the um the canyon in, yeah, in the, the canyon, the canyon walk yeah yeah the, yeah the one it goes yeah you can you can walk around so the main river runs through uh, which is the Ovens River, and then there's the Morses River as well. But the thing about Bright that's really cool is a, a lot of those trees are very old as well because they're obviously put there when you know we're talking goldfield days when you know they were all planted. So they, they've got a lot of history to them. Um, yeah, so Bright, you, you know, anywhere you go in Bright, even out to Wandilagong, out to Harrietville, uh, any of those little valleys you go out to. Um, the other thing I love about Bright as well that time of year is out in the Buckland Valley which is the valley that's below Mount Buffalo, all the vineyards out there, they all, all those leaves change colour, so you yeah. can get some incredible, incredible scenery out there. But, uh, yeah, Bright's got so much. It's, it packs a huge punch. And then, you know, if, if, if you had enough of colour, you, you've got one of the best mountains in Australia for photography right on your doorstep with Mount Buffalo. You yeah, which is a, um, a good lead into what we'll talk, be talking about a little bit later on with the Bright Festival of Photography that you're going to talk about mm. yeah, towards the end of this podcast as well. Mm. Um yeah, no, so so look, obviously autumn is absolutely brilliant for shooting uh, landscapes. But for me, um, being based where I am, it's got to be summer. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, being, being based coastal, 
um, Australia, the the summer conditions we get here, particularly when we do get a classic Victorian forty odd degree day, um, yeah. which geez, geez, I miss, geez, I miss them. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, to be frank, we haven't seemed to have had of, as many of, of late. Um, I think last summer we only got about three or four of them. Uh, yeah. I always seem to remember growing up because I, I grew up in in northwestern Victoria, up around Swan Hill, and. Um, mm. You know, if it wasn't 40 degrees on Christmas Day, it wasn't Christmas. Um, yeah, yeah. And those, that incredible dry heat that you get yeah. that just blows right across the continent of Australia. Yeah. You know, some ends of, up and ends up in Melbourne. Ends up in Melbourne um, <laughs> or, you know, and, and, and in Ocean Grove and these sort of places. Mm. But you get down onto the beach on, an, I'm talking the height of summer here. So like, you know, early January, late December, yeah. Um, or even early, mid-January and uh, you know, getting into early Feb. And you get that, those really hot northerly winds, but normally when the sun gets down to like half an hour before sunset, the breeze drops off completely. And yeah. you get this beautiful calmness and quite often you'll get like little tidal pools and stuff that'll happen in summer. Because um, generally speaking, in summer, you don't get as rough a condition. So... Um, the beaches and it's torn up so you can get these little tidal pools and stuff particularly at low tide around the rocks yeah and the great thing about here is if you get down on the beach the beach run, runs east, east west so you can yeah. shoot along yeah. the beach to the sunset and uh, particularly looking towards Barwon Heads and if you get over to 13th Beach and those sort of areas on stinking hot days you get yeah. the best sunsets and you get the it just seems to be a really clean colour or really clean light I don't know if yeah, if I'm explaining that very well, but it's it seems to be really crisp, and I generally get my best photos in summer uh, yeah, in, okay. in a coastal coastal yeah. scenario. But um, I've got the um, the bonus of being able to head to places in autumn as well. Yeah, um, yeah. and and generally speaking, for me, my camera goes away in winter. I don't it's I don't get I don't get the snow here, so. Yeah. Um, That's a, that that that'd be talking about like winter would be my probably my second favourite season. Um, I, I love even the shot behind me here was taken last week as well with some snow we had. But the, I find there's nothing better than getting in the back country in winter where you know I've been in some situations where I'm I'm up to my knees in snow, up to my waist in some situations in snow. But um, around the mountains here in Tassie that just everything comes to life it's just a spectacular place and same went up in the high the high country of New South Wales and Victoria there um you know the old snow gums up there and the, the huts and stuff like that so um I always try and teach as well like don't don't be a fair weather photographer so the, the crappier the weather it gets the more I get out in it and I think that's pay, I think that's played a big part in my my images getting better over the years is that I've actually put myself not in harm's way, but I put myself in, in the way of Mother Nature more frequently um, and it just pays dividends. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes you come home cold, wet and miserable. Uh, other times you come home with some absolute cracking images that no one's ever got before and, you know. So, yeah, so your you're, you're autumn, summer, I'm probably autumn, winter. Yeah. Um, the disadvantage, if there is one, of living down here in Tassie in summer is we get like a 4.30, almost like a 4.30 sunrise. Yeah, and it's like a quarter to ten sunset. It's like stupidly long days, um, so yeah, you can spend a lot of time. But waiting for sunset here just becomes a well, depends who you're out with. Becomes a drinkathon, really, just to see, just drink as much as you can until the sun goes down. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah uh, but yeah that's interesting I guess coastal coastal always sort of suits summer anyway you get you know the beautiful skies and uh, beaches and things like that so it makes sense that summer would be your season yeah it um it sounds like your drinking has a photography problem it doesn't <laughs> actually not so much these days <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good these days although uh the bright festival of photography that generally I, I even employ myself a a helper for that so i so they drive and i can relax and you drink get, a bit, you get so. yourself a designated driver i do okay. um yeah so anyway we'll talk about um, that later yeah, so that's um, yeah those those seasons for us, I think, um, and I guess we, we live in a, an amazing country, and, and I don't think we you don't need to be a rocket scientist to realise that. As a photographer, we live in one of the prettiest countries in the world. So yeah, we, we've got it pretty lucky, and and I think we very quickly take it for granted. I know I do, mm. Um, mm. particularly you know I was actually even just talking to a friend of mine yesterday. We, we were down um, close to the beach at Ocean Grove, and we're like, we well, just have a look at this. Like this is you know, do you know how much people would love to live <laughs> where we do, yeah. let alone be, um, you know, landscape photographers in, in this kind yeah. of area. I mean, it's literally on our doorstep. So we do feel pretty yeah. pretty lucky. I mean, then again, I suppose we, we planned it and that's, you know, luck is what you make. But, yeah. um, you know, we, we are very, very lucky to be uh, where we are and mm. um, to be able to experience all the different seasons in one spot as well is pretty cool. So, yeah. um, and I know uh, this year, and I've, I've already talked about this in the podcast, but been a particularly wet year this year as well so we're getting um you know there's a certain lushness down around the beach now as well a lot of the a lot of the the beach grasses and stuff like that are growing really well and they've got really striking color to them now as well and uh which you know is probably leads me to my you know um i suppose third or third favorite season which is spring but here we don't get a lot of the wildflowers and stuff like that that you would get yeah. in bushland. So I know even as close to me as places like the Grampians, um, mm. and we we have the little desert which isn't that far really away from from us. Um, you can get blankets of wildflowers uh, here in Australia yeah. as well, um, which are absolutely stunning. And the co- talk mm. about color, complete um, contrast to what you get in autumn. You get. This, yeah. you know, you're talking pinks and reds and this sort of like really stunning colours and yeah. also um, contrasted against the green of, as I say, so much lushness that's going on around southeastern yeah. Australia at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely there's been a lot of rain. And yeah, like it, it, we have uh, some wildflowers down here as well. We have, um, depending where you are, you, you, you can go up pretty high in altitude and, and get uh, into what they call the scoparia fields scoparia it's it's this again it's like this pink red orange white sort of sometimes yellow i think as well flower but the kicker with that tree is you go up to photograph and it's like walking through a bloody minefield of of prickles it's like the most harsh bush you can it it looks beautiful but don't go walking anywhere near it because it'll just rip your pants to shreds oh right okay yeah so but yeah well so i was talking to some people on the weekend and they're like you've got to get brendan to come down to tassie and um show them around a bit and i'm like yeah we do so yeah you have to, once you get once you get some time brendan will get to tasmania it's a it's a mm. given um once i'm allowed to i'll head down yeah, there right. for sure it'd be yeah. great um might have to ring the golf clubs as well uh yeah please do <laughs> i think i think we could squeeze that in you reckon we could find um but getting back to um things like you know flowers and 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 when you get to see um you go to national parks or you go to you know state reserves and that sort of stuff I turn into a, a, a kid in a toy store. Um, it's yeah. like, you know, where am I going to point my camera next? And 
I love, particularly with flowers, I love that look that you can achieve with uh, either a zoom lens or uh, a lens with a very shallow depth of field, like f2.8, f2, that sort of stuff, where you are really blurring out backgrounds and Mm -hmm. properly... uh, highlighting flowers and stuff and and particularly the color in those flowers so yeah, that's yeah. where I get really excited also around autumn too like with the colors you get at autumn time but seeing that flowers in the wild there's something really cool yeah. about that yeah yeah I agree there is and that's um like I went to the Flinders Ranges this year and I I, I put I've put a couple of workshops up but one of them I put in September because I I, I just want to go and experience because the wildflowers throughout back Australia again are just a a different kettle of fish altogether, just different, bit more rustic colours, but still vibrant, you know. Um, so yeah, I think no matter where you are in Australia, you know, any season you should be able to get out and take shots that are that are really nice. And uh, I'm sure you know people might be listening from Queensland or WA or South Australia, like they'll probably have their own sort of favourite season that suits where they live as well. So I think you will tailor what season you like best as to where you live and what you like shooting. But um, any time of year with a camera in your hand and you can get out, it's generally good. Yeah, Can't for sure. There. No, that's right. Exactly. We, we're, as I say, we're, we're pretty lucky to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So we wanted to also talk a little bit tonight about um, maybe a little bit of inspiration other than just us two prattling on all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Believe it or not, there are other photographers on YouTube. No, is it? Apparently so. Um, mm. And there's... I thought, we, I thought we were the only show on YouTube. <laughs> well, that's right. 183 <laughs> subscribers can't be wrong. That's right. You know 200 the, now. Do you know there's people out there with 18 million subscribers? Yeah. <laughs> and, and plus. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's a funny thing, YouTube, and this will roll into what we're going to talk about, but like I like I love doing, I like the idea of doing, I love this, what we're doing. I reckon it's great fun and like so we get to catch up and record it. But I also, I really admire the guys that can go out and put like a production together of their photographic journey. And, and I, I've got... It's funny, I've got actually a hard drive full of... Every time I sort of go out to do a photo shoot or an adventure, I always take video because I always have this idea, I'm going to come back and I'm going to put these really cool videos and make them Hollywood style and you know really get my adventures out there so people who may not be able to get out can see where I go. And I, I, just, get, I just get lost in the whole process of trying to make interesting videos and it's like a real storytelling to it. Um, and uh, yeah, there's so many people out there doing such a good job and you know to be able to have that many people watching what you do i think i think it must be an incredible feeling yeah so. well um so we we sort of put our thinking caps on and came up with um our three sort of well, not necessarily favorite youtubers but certainly ones that we watch quite often um to sort of keep the inspirational juices flowing i suppose so cam who would be what would be your first pick uh so the first we'll, we'll go one for one here do it because I, I might change one of mine up i'm just trying to uh I'm thinking I might change one. Um, first up, oh, there's a gentleman in America. I think he's on the west coast of America. His name is Ben Horn, um, and he does pure landscape photography with a large eight by eight by ten large format film camera. Um, so not much digital stuff. I still think he does his digital stuff. But um, I got onto his work. I, I obviously got a large format camera. I like shooting film on as well. And um, I got onto him just through searching through YouTube. I think it was I came across uh, his channel. But uh, he's a really, really good storyteller. Um, he goes to some beautiful spots. He actually puts 
he sort of goes to the same spots each year and sort of relives the the spots and gets different shots. And because he's shooting on film, it's a lot more precise on what he's doing. But he's just a really great storyteller. Takes incredibly beautiful images on on a film. Um, I've sort of messaged him. We've had a little bit, a couple of messages over YouTube. He's very responsive to people that are interested in what he does. Um, but I think just the way he just the way he tells his stories and um, it's a real adventure. Like you actually sort of feel like you want to sit there and watch it. So he's probably one of the only guys on YouTube that I'll actually put on my big screen in the lounge room on Saturday morning, have some brekkie and watch and uh, watch an episode that he brings out because um, he just does a really good job of sort of capturing where he goes. So Ben Horn, uh, I go, we'll put all the links to these guys in our description as well. But Ben Horn, um, if you're watching Ben, congratulations on having such a great career. But I mean, if he's, he's watching. watching. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Hi, Ben. How you going? Um, all, I, all these people we're going to mention will be watching. I'm sure they will be. <laughs> um, but I, I find him, yeah, he's he's uh, he's very much an inspiration for me to go out and do more film. Um, and just looking at how he shoots and his, his eye for detail. And yeah, he's really cool. So check him out. Uh, he's definitely worth watching. And the one thing I do like about him in, on his channel as well, he doesn't have any adverts or it's not, it's not monetized. So, you know, he doesn't actually make any money off his videos. He just does them for the love of it and uh, gets it out there. So one to check out. Well, I think that's very admirable and quite unique in this day and age because uh, there's, uh, I would have thought the vast majority of YouTubers would have monetized their channels um, once yeah. they get the kind of viewership they need. Yeah. Um, so I think probably flowing on from Ben Horn, I have seen a bit of Ben's stuff. He's, he's very, very cool. Uh, and a yeah. guy in a similar sort of vein is Nick Carver who uh, is also based in the US on the West Coast. Um, and similar to Ben, he shoots a, a, a fair amount of film. And this this guy actually knows his film inside out. He's almost, he's almost gets scientific with his description um, uh, when, he, when he's talking about when he shoots film. And it's really good for me because I, I've never been in a dark room um, and I've shot a lot of film, but I've never done the processing side of stuff. He talks yeah. a lot about the processing side, so it teaches me a lot about it because I'm through my business, I now um, sell quite a bit of film, so it's good for me to know, um, yeah. you know when people come in and start using these weird this word weird terminology i can sort of fall back on what good old yeah. nick carver's taught me and um <laughs> similar to ben he's actually quite responsive to his uh viewers on youtube as well i've had a few conversations yeah. with nick um yeah. he's a big fan of um like those all aussie adventures shows you know like the off-road oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know that, that he loves that kind of stuff and he, he's been dying to get to australia so i i always tell him like when he's more than welcome to to you know, if hook up with us at some point if he ever wants to do that. So here's here's, here's an idea. Yeah, why don't we get him on as a guest? A collaboration. Get him on as a guest. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm sure he'll. Uh... No, he might. He might. He's, he's, he's watching. Clearly, so um, he's clearly watching. So, so Nick, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you like to be our very first guest on the Down South Photo Show? Goodness me, could you imagine? That would be awesome. Oh, you'd, be a, you'd, you'd be a bubbling mess, I reckon. How the hell? Would, yeah, you'd be... How? Yeah, you know, I'm a total fanboy. How the hell would we? How, you know, the technology I would have to learn. I don't know how to do this with just the two of us. Well, we get a the, third. The good thing, the, the interesting thing, if we got Nick on here or even Ben on here, either one, you're welcome as well, Ben. Um, if if uh, the time difference, so we we'd either have to stay up really late, or they'd have to be up really, really early. early. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've we seen, all know seen we the, all know they're going to get up really early. We are no. no well, this is our show. Not going to go. 
That's right. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine if one of them came on here? I, I, I'd That'd be great. It'd be great. Awesome. Right, I, I'm, I'm going to put the feelers out there. Surely okay. we can contact them. Well, um, but you... I've, I've seen... Uh, sorry. You go ahead. I was going to say, why don't you put your second YouTuber out there? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I, I've also seen Nick's work and... Um, yeah, and the thing I like about Nick uh, as well, he's got a real... he. I, now that you've said that he likes the all Aussie shows and likes it, I can sort of get a bit of a feel from that he's got a really sort of wicked sense of humour. Yeah, um, he does. Which, uh, yeah, which I think is pretty cool. So, um, And I think as a photographer, you've got to have some sense of humour because sometimes that's, that's the only thing that gets you through the day. Um, the next one I'm going to put out there is uh, James Popsis. Is that how we pronounce Popsis. it? Popsis. Popsis, so P-O-P-S-Y-S. Um, again, I, I came across James's YouTube channel, again, just as we all do, you just search around and see what's going on. But the thing that struck me about him is, again, just going back to that sense of humor, he's got a really sort of funny, laid back, comical way of putting his, his videos together and takes a lovely photograph on top of that. Obviously, it's a bonus. Um, but to me, it's more, I was actually just watching one of his episodes before we came online and he was talking about how he's sleep deprived because he's got a, he's had a, a new child and uh, but just the way he goes about it, he just sort of feels like he's an everyday kind of photographer like us guys and uh, but his his work's really interesting I think I think he's more tailored to maybe the beginner and entry level of photographers and seems to give out a lot of really handy tips and information to people he shoots on or he was shooting on uh, mirrorless cameras for a while I think he still is um, but I always find his light-hearted approach to photography uh, relates with how I like to do things when I'm teaching and the workshops I run as well. So yeah, James is a really good one. And again, he's got a great following. I think he's got like 200,000 people following him. And um, But he's never short of a bit of a chuckle. And, and if anything, again, maybe this is this Aussie humor coming out of it, he's quite happy and regularly takes the piss out of himself. Yeah, I was going to say that. that. That's what he does actually quite well. He he, yeah. he knows when he's made a mistake and he's happy to own it. And uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's 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 a funny guy. His delivery is fantastic. Um, so you you've gone from an American to a Brit, and yeah, I was going to say yeah, he's from obviously from uh, from England as yeah, well. Yeah, and I'll be yeah. doing the same thing. Um, right. So uh, Thomas Heaton um, would have to be, for my money, his production values are stunning in his yeah. uh, all of his videos. Um, he's based in the UK, um, shoots a lot of Lake District and that sort of stuff um, in Scotland and these sort of this sort of stuff, Wales as well, where where mm. Popsis does as well. But it's um, he he flies solo most of the time, Heaton, and yeah. a lot of the work he does, he quite often will just let his photography do this do the talking, which I really really like. It's a very very laid back very uh, peaceful way of presenting his work um, yeah. I love it it's really really good and, and he's got a nice sort of manner about him the way he talks about his stuff as well Yeah, and which was really contrasted by when the world went into lockdown and he went and got himself a four wheel drive van and then made videos about decking his van out so he could go and take photos yeah. once, lo- once lockdown ended which were actually really cool videos I quite enjoyed yeah. Because his production values were so high, he, that that fed yeah. straight into what he was doing with his van work. So, uh, yeah. Thomas Heaton, absolutely awesome, worth really worth checking out. Yeah, I think uh, there's a theme there as well in, in regards to all the guys we've said so far is is that their production value is really good. And I think just going back to what I was saying about all these videos I've got, I've got hundreds of hours of videos of all these adventures, but got no idea of how how putting it together, how to put a story together, um, how to make it interesting. Um, 
and things like that. So the, yeah, there's not only not they're not only fantastic photographers, and they all seem to be quite really lovely, really lovely people as well. Um, but they just have a great sense of humor about how they do it, and the production value sort of speaks for itself as well. Um, the last one, I'm, I'm going to put out one and a half more because I'm going to do a special mention. This just came to me as I was doing this. But the other one I was going to do, which I've only actually come across in the last couple of weeks, I think we mentioned him in the last uh, podcast we did, is the Photo Tripper. Um, is, uh, I think it's Gavin, is his name? Or is it, I think it's Gavin? I think so. Gavin? My, it's not Brendan, you're Brendan. Um, so yeah, he, uh, again, the, the first thing that sort of draws me to these guys is they've, they've got a really comical sense of humor about how they go about uh, doing their, their YouTube videos. But this guy is probably the, the, the top of the top of the charts when it comes to comedy value or humor. He is he is just a pisser. So I, 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 I have a different sense of humor to most people, but um, he always gets me ch- chuckling away and uh, his partner goes along a fair few times and she sort of plays into the whole narrative as well. But yeah. um, he, had a, he had a funny dig the other week about Sony because his Sony camera stopped working on the side of a camera and... Yeah, so I and he takes just stunning photos of where he goes. He's located in, I think he's up near Vancouver somewhere, yeah, isn't he? British in Columbia, so British Columbia, Canada. So. so yeah, another Brit. And um, yeah. what I like about him is uh, a lot of his. I mean, he obviously has a lot of downtime while he's waiting for photography. So he comes up with all these skits and stage stuff about you know the pitfalls of photography and hanging out with his mates. And he's got some brilliant, very talented people who are always on his show and. They're always doing these little skits and stuff, but it sort of takes me back to, you know, British television uh, like when I was growing up. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of yeah. a throwback to that, which, um, yeah. you know, it's it's quite bawdy and it's it's quite funny. It's, it's just, um, and again, he's forever taking the piss out of himself, which Aussies love. Yeah. So, um, and I think it's a bit it's a bit like our show that we do here. It's trying not to take this this too seriously. Um, and I think, you know, you, you, again, there's a theme with all the people we've spoken about. They've all got a good sense of humor. But yeah. I think, you know, when you start getting bogged down and getting way too serious about photography, it's when you start not enjoying it. Yeah. And that's, that's the that's the last yeah. thing you want to be doing. Yeah. So. No, I want, to, I want to have as much fun as possible while we're doing this. Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah, so Photo Tripper, definitely check him out. He's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, did you want to me- have your special mention? Yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do one more special mention. And, and this is actually a... a a young guy or youngish guy uh, from Tassie. Um, his name's Rob Parsons, and he does. Speaking of storytelling and, and things like that, so he's not necessarily a photographer, but he certainly takes a really nice photograph. He does some incredible drone photography and stuff, footage as well. But uh, I've never, I've never actually met Rob. I've spoken to him a few times online, um, but he goes on some absolutely epic adventures around Tasmania. Um, sometimes it was a little bit irresponsibly the way he's, he's, he's gone out and done things he's, he may or may not have joined the Westpac Rescue Helicopter Club like someone else on this <laughs> podcast um, but he for his production value and his storytelling value um, really really great storyteller and a lot of history about Tasmania and uh, special mention to one of the episodes they did they went looking for an old Hugh and Pine logger who died 100, 100 years ago 120 years ago and there was this grave that they made in the in the middle of nowhere in Tassie, and him and his mate went looking for it and found this this grave, or did they? I don't know. You might have to go watch the episode, but um, just a really great storyteller. I've, I've and, seen and, this guy. I know who you're talking yeah, about. I saw I saw him yeah, recently. Yeah, um, yeah no, fantastic stuff. Yeah, so definitely definitely check Rob's stuff out. And like I said, it's, it's not mainly so much a photography based thing, but it's at the footage and the, the imagery and the the storytelling he does is is a class. So. Um, 
yeah, he should be making bigger movies in my opinion. But um, so that they'd be my three plus a special mention. Yeah. Well, my the last guy I'm going to mention, and and the reason I'm bringing this guy up is because he's pretty much the reason I uh, am into so heavily into YouTube. Um, I stumbled on him in about 2015, um, so going back quite a while now, and that's Casey Neistat. Um, he's talk about storyteller um, on YouTube yeah. now. Not a not a photographer at all. He's a videographer. Um, a lot of his uh, when he used to do his daily vlog it was all based in New York City, um, yeah. so completely away from landscape photography and what we like to talk about. But the reason I bring him up is because he got me into that genre where it was like, okay, this is a way that we can reach an audience with um, our own stuff and, and uh, yeah. via YouTube. And he took it to the next level, uh, particularly considering everything he did was handheld. It was SLR yeah. stuff. Um, and, and he did all the edits himself. So everything yeah. was all, he, he was his production team. Yeah. It's not the case yeah. anymore. He's made squillions from YouTube and now he's got heaps of people helping him out. But back when he yeah. was when he started and was doing his daily vlogs and stuff, absolute inspiration. Really, really got hooked yeah. on what he he did um, at one point uh, 750 days in a row. That's right. He yeah. posted he like a daily thing. He did yeah. a lot, daily vlog for 750 days in a row, which is, if you think about that, it's absolutely ridiculous. He was editing for four hours a day yeah. every day for 750 days <laughs> like yeah. it's phenomenal That's i mean nice. he ended up at the end of it he ended up with like oh, i think he's nudging 10 million subscribers now so yeah um, but he he jumped from like 250,000 subscribers he went to a million in about six months he got yeah. his next million in three months after that so yeah. he just he just grew exponentially. It was uh, well. He, he he to me uh, again. I think you might have put me onto him years ago when you first came across him. Mm. Um, to me, he he literally set the bar yeah. for vlogging, vlogging, and YouTubing. And like you said, not photographer. He's not a photographer, but the style in which he shoots and his cutaways and you know fades in and all those kind of things. Oh. That that's just been that's just been picked up by so many people. So, yeah, no, that's right. Um, he, he was the trendsetter, that's for sure. He was um, getting how, uh, out. To, how, are we, how are we going for time? Yeah, we're getting out a little bit, so we're just going to do a yeah. really quick deer cam. Deer cam. Deer cam. Yeah, yeah. So How's this comes from Belinda in Geelong, the which local. is um, just over yonder. Um, right. I am Brett. Geelong. It's Geelong Regional. Geelong yeah, is at the moment it's classified regional. Um, right. I can't for the life of me worked out work out why we haven't been locked down in Geelong. I am I yeah, live in yeah. the city of Greater Geelong, as yeah. far as my shire, whatever you call it, is concerned. Yeah, dear yeah. Cam, cool. <laughs> I am brand new to landscape photography, which is awesome. We love that, and I want mm. to know if you think I should learn Photoshop first. Mm, I, I would I would say no. If you're brand new to landscape photography, I'm assuming she's that Belinda maybe has some sort of background shooting other things, or maybe she's just brand new to the whole thing. But um, I, I don't think you need to know Photoshop to take landscape photography. I think um, the best way to get f uh, familiar with landscape photography is to get out into landscape and take photographs. Um, so I, I don't use Photoshop much at all these days. I use Lightroom. And my edits are quite minimal in regards to my work. So I would say uh, you don't need to be a Photoshop or Lightroom expert, but I think the time, if you're looking to invest some time to learn something, 
I definitely learn uh, more about your camera if you're new to it, uh, get the un understanding of all the apertures and shutter speeds and dials and all the things that work. Um, and yeah, um, read some more articles about landscape photography, watch shows like this, watch the guys that we just mentioned on YouTube. Uh, they'll certainly help you in regards to how to take better landscape photographs. But I don't think you need to learn how to manipulate an image first before taking it. So. See, to me, this is, this is where um, uh, Photoshop has got to a point where people now think if they don't know how to edit photos, yeah. then they're gonna be no good at photography. Like it's ridiculous. It used to be the other way around. You 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 yeah. take photos, and then this thing called Photoshop emerged. Yeah. Go, oh, you mean I can make my photos look a little bit better, or I can edit this right yeah. now? You still have to be good at taking photos. So, um, yeah. Belinda, concentrate on things like composition. You know, mm. get focus more on that rather than worrying about too much about the actual editing of the photos. And to that end, you you said. Um, should I learn Photoshop first? Photoshop has become a, the generic term for a photo editing software yeah. suite. So yeah, um, right. you don't yeah. necessarily have to learn Photoshop at all. And, and let me tell you, Belinda, Photoshop is an absolute behemoth. I've been using yeah. Photoshop for a long time, uh, since mm. the mid-90s. And I don't really know it that well. I mean, I know I know yeah. enough probably just to be dangerous, but I don't I don't know enough. Like, you know, the, I, I I know people who know a hell of a lot more about Photoshop than yeah. I do and have been using it a lot shorter yeah. than I have. But yeah. um, but not well, not overly necessary to be au fait with Photoshop. I, I reckon because, like I said, we're running short on time. But this this will roll into what Belinda's asking could roll into really. What uh, what I've got coming up with this Bright Festival of Photography as well because uh, this Bright Festival of Photography is coming up on the eighth eighth of October running for three days or two and a half days, but there's about twenty odd instructors and presenters and one of the instructors at BFOP as we call it is Kieran Dobia and she is an absolute wizard at Photoshop. She does mostly portrait and uh, some really creative sort of portrait um, sessions, but. If you want to learn about Photoshop and how it applies to photography, then uh, someone like Kieran Dobia would be someone I'd tune into. So um, I'll do a bit of a plug for the BFOP weekend. I uh, just wanted to mention, I didn't mention some of the presenters last week, so I'm gonna plug a few away. I might not mention all of them, uh, but we've got Dennis Smith, who's a Olympus uh, visionary who does the light painting. So he has like the ball of the orb and he spins all things around and uses some of the features that the Olympus cameras have. Uh, we've got Tom Putt, uh, who's uh, one of Australia's best landscape photographers, aerial photographers, all around relatively nice guy. He doesn't listen to this, so I can pay out on him anyway. Hi, Tom. Uh, Matt Crummings, who does incredible wildlife photography, he's going to be presenting there as well. Uh, Mika Boynton, speaking of Brighton, Northeast Victoria, Mika's uh, based up there, so she's an incredible landscape aerial photographer. Uh, who else? We've got Adam Dyson, he's a good mate of mine who does lots of waterfall shots. So. There's a few more. So if you want any details, BFOP Australia, so bfopaustralia.com.au. It'll have all the full list of the presenters. It's over 50 hours of instructions and workshops and God knows what else in between when we're doing our fun sessions at night. Uh, it's 120, 140 bucks for the whole session. So get on it. You can sit at home. If, you, if you're unfortunately still in lockdown, you can watch it all live on Zoom. Uh, but they're just some of the people that are coming along. There's going to be some pretty cool workshops going on there's horses involved uh last year uh speaking of karen dobia she had a duck you know she did a portrait of a duck sitting in a lounge room it was incredible so 
definitely have a look. Uh, I'll be there. Do I'll be here doing some live broadcast all around Tassie. I was going to say you left uh, off the, the best presenter. You. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. I, I, I'll put I'll put myself mid range maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah. So if you uh, haven't seen or heard about it before, check the website. We'll put it in the show notes. Go have a look. Uh, it's a really good two and a half days to chill out, and they record everything. You've got you know six months to watch it after the fact as well. So. Yeah. Awesome. That actually looks really cool. And, and you, you, to have such a uh, concentration of, you know, very, very talented photographers all there wanting to teach you how to take photos, um, yeah, get on board right. the BFOP Bright Festival of Photography website, check it all out. Uh, we will yeah. put a link in description. If you have a deer cam question, please put it below in the comments or send it to us via our facebook page social medias all over the place um we will eventually one day have a website won't we can yeah (laughs) (laughs) um we can get one going at some some point um so that's it for the uh episode 14 of the down south photo show um hope you've enjoyed it um we will be uh, as far as camera and photo are concerned my little business with any luck, we will have our Ocean Grove store back open in the next couple of days. Uh, our Torquay store, yes. Uh, actually, by the time this goes out, I would say we'll be back up and running, no problem at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can just get back into business as usual. Doing a lot of fantastic canvas work at the moment uh, for some very cool. talented lo- local landscape photographers. So um, that's cool, cool. at least we've got that going on, which is keeping me nice and busy yeah. as well. So. Uh, check us out cameraandphoto.com.au Cameron I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be checking you out because I'm going to send you some prints soon and I uh, have a pretty big announcement to make maybe next week Ooh. on the next episode about something pretty incredible that's happening down here in Tassie with myself and another photographer in one aspect uh, but I'll give you more details of that next week about something that's opening up this is a um, this is a teaser exclusive. This it's a, a teaser. I like I like it. I like teasers. Yeah, yeah. This, you know, keep them keep them rolling yeah. into next week. Um, yeah. All right, mate. Um, your website address is uh, easiest one is uh, camblakephotography.com.au, and that'll take you to the uh, website with all the workshops, prints, books, uh, and all different types of things. Nice. Well, yeah. thanks everyone for giving us an hour of your time this week. Um, we will catch you, you for episode fifteen next week. Over and out from the Down South Photo Show. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. See you soon.